Hello and welcome to the podcast Where Did the Rabbit Go? In this weekly podcast, we celebrate curiosity, critical thinking, and evidence-based skepticism. I'm your host Marco, and this is show 81 for Thursday, August 12th, 2021. How is everyone doing this week? So as you can hear, my voice is back. Yay! And uh, school is starting soon, and it looks like we have to be ready for hybrid mode, despite the highest infection numbers on record. So let's rather not think about this today. For this week, I want to take on a topic that we discussed on the panel podcast La Navaja de Hitchens, Hitchens Razor, where I was a guest about a month ago. We were discussing about a trend that has become quite popular, which is worrisome because, um, spoiler alert, this is about a true pseudoscience. We're going to talk about the so-called law of attraction. What are its origins? What claims does it make now? And, spoiler alert, why is it all rubbish? That's what is to come in this show, and then followed by, of course, another game of our critical thinking game Find the Fake. Get yourself comfortable, and maybe close your eyes, well, as long as you're not driving, obviously, and maybe get yourself a nice cold drink, or a cup of coffee, or tea, depending where you are right now. For me, it's going to be peppermint tea, maybe with a little bit of lemon. Mmm, yes. I've decided to drink less coffee, and I haven't had a cup of coffee in 12 days now. I decided to give it a try, because the caffeine just makes my hyperactivity and restlessness worse. So far it feels good, I must say. So as I get my cup of tea, and you get whatever cold or hot drink you like, let's enjoy this episode and go down this rabbit hole. This could become another extensive topic. First, in order to understand where the law of attraction comes from and what it really is, we need to know about two people whose names you probably have heard already, Oprah Winfrey and Rhonda Byrne. So in the early 1980s, Oprah Winfrey, she was obsessed with the novel The Color Purple. She gave the book to everyone, to friends, to her family, and they were going to make a movie, so she prayed to get a role in that movie. And one day, while she was crying in the rain, reportedly, pleading to God to get the role of her dreams, she received that call from Steven Spielberg. And months later, she would be nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. If you haven't seen the movie The Color Purple, you should watch it. It's worth it. But here comes the deal now. She's now convinced that all of this happened because she was wishing for it so hard. Because we all know that the universe, when you want something and you wish for it very strong, the universe just gives that to you, right? Yeah, you could probably feel the sarcasm in that comment. So, um, Rhonda Byrne, an author, she also believes that the universe was responsible to give that part to Oprah through something that is called the law of attraction. And uh, she wrote a book, Rhonda Byrne, published in 2006, that the law of attraction is just as real as law of gravity or the other forces in the universe, like electromagnetism. And she explains in that book that your thoughts emit waves that attract what you imagine. 
So this, of course, this premise has no scientific basis at all. But the book has sold 19 million copies worldwide and made Rhonda Byrne actually a rich woman. It has been translated into more than 40 languages, building a whole empire of superstition. And I don't know, maybe you have watched it also. There's also a documentary or movie, let's call it, in uh, on Netflix, The Secret, Dare to Dream, a drama with Katie Holmes and Josh Lucas, in which the law of attraction solved the life of a bankrupt, widowed mother of three. Yeah. So let's see who this Rhonda Byrne is, because I, I think that everybody knows who Oprah Winfrey is. And um, my problem with Oprah Winfrey here, of course, I mean, she's she's famous for promoting pseudoscience, but um, my problem here is that it's very self-centered, right? She thinks that the universe gave the part to her because she wished for it so hard, because she asked the universe for it. So you have to think about all the other actresses that didn't get the part, right? So they were not wishing for it. What were they doing wrong? Did the universe not like them? Let's see. Let's explore this. Let's first look into Rhonda Byrne a little bit. So she was born in Melbourne, Australia in 1945, or I think the correct pronunciation is Melbourne, something like that. She's an Australian writer, screenwriter, television producer, and speaker. And she's known for being the author of The Secret, a film and a book on the law of attraction that sold almost 2 million DVDs and 4 million copies in less than six months. She has also been a producer on Sensing Murder, according to an article published by the Australian Herald Sun. Byrne worked for the Australian television series World Greatest Commercials and Marry Me. The Secret is a book written by her which promotes the so-called Law of Attraction, a theory formulated by the American occultist William Walker Atkinson, pioneer of the New Thought movement. It was released in 2006 shortly after the DVD release. And after being featured on two episodes of the Oprah Winfrey show, oh, look at that, they know each other. The book reached bestseller category. So you see how they push each other up also, right? Okay. So she wrote a continuation, um, The Secret of the Secret, entitled Power, released on August 17, 2010, and inspired by hundreds of inquiries received from readers of the first book. A whole empire, right? Then in 2012, the third book, which is called The Magic, where she advocates the use of gratitude as a powerful tool to apply the law of attraction. So she postulates that the law of attraction is a natural law that determines the complete order of the universe and our personal lives. So in that book, she states that gratitude and visualization are the two most powerful processes to help make wishes manifest. The author offers various techniques for the visualization process. And we're going to take a look at one which is called the vision board. She says that uh, there are many people who are said to have used it successfully to make their dreams come true. I wonder about all the people who did not have success, if she also mentions those. <clears throat> if not, it's a good example of cherry picking. In subsequent chapters, the author describes how to use the law of attraction in the areas of wealth, human relationships, and health. Finally, a spiritual perspective on the law of attraction is included and its relationship with one's life and the world. So the claims that she makes in the book and that are also made in the film are highly controversial and have been criticized by reviewers and readers. And the book has also been heavily criticized by former believers and practitioners 
some claiming that the secret was conceived by the author and that the only people who generate wealth and happiness from it are the author and his publishers. That sounds about right to me, actually. And that should be a red flag for everybody, but for some reason, the law of attraction is like this new thing, this new fashion, and you can get coaches that teach you the law of attraction in your life for your dollars, of course. So the law of attraction is this pseudoscientific belief that thoughts that are conscious and unconscious influence people's lives, arguing that they are energy units that will return to the person an amount of energy similar to the one emitted, like we're in synchrony with the universe. The law of attraction is considered a pseudoscience because it has no scientific basis. And we're going to take a look at a list of characteristics of pseudosciences in a moment. And numerous researchers have criticized the misuse of scientific terms. We're also going to look at those terms and how they are being misused. From a psychological point of view, the law of attraction has also been harshly criticized. So I'm going to go to an article now that I'm going to link for you. And we're going to read through some claims that the law of attraction makes. And we also did that in Spanish on the Navaja de Hitchens. And I'm looking at this also right now in Spanish. So bear with me because I'm translating on the go. So here are the quote-unquote scientific truths of the law of attraction. There's a list of 10. Let's see. Uh, a. Electrons have positive charges. That's their first claim. So, I don't know, but with me in 8th grade, uh, middle school, students learn that electrons are negatively charged particles. So, they had a 50-50 shot here, and they are getting it wrong. Yeah. Let's look at the next one. In physics, similar things attract similar things. Or like things attract like. Well, again, my 13, 14-year-old students learn that opposite charges attract and opposite magnetic poles attract. So once again, there was a 50-50 chance and they're using it wrong. So you see how this has no scientific basis at all. In fact, it's provable wrong. The foundation, the first two foundation statements here are wrong. So actually, if you see this, here is where you already could stop. But we like to go down rabbit holes. So let's continue. Um, letter C. Thoughts burn the brain matter. What? Is that why thinking is so hard? So is this telling us not to think? Sounds also about right, right? Don't think, just spend your dollar so Rhonda Byrne can get her dollars. Right. Uh, letter D. Just the ether and not the air conducts light and thought. So ether is supposed to be this fifth element. When people thought of water, air, earth, and wind of being elements, and they thought that space would be filled with this magical fifth one, ether. Its existence has been disproved uh, 150 years ago, approximately. So already Einstein knew that there was no ether. Okay, so every time we hear ether, we can already think BS. Yeah, statement E, the ether <clears throat> connects all minds. When 
two or more minds get close to each other, mind stuff will mix and they will create a third mastermind. Come on. How could people really believe that, right? Um, if the higher altitudes have more oxygen, better air to breathe. Um, have you ever been high on a mountain? So I've been to Nevada de Toluca, which is at 4,200 meters above sea level. And there's about 60% of the air compared to sea level. There's less oxygen. So again, they're not very good with these 50-50 shots. Whenever there are just two options, they pick the wrong one. Okay, then it's G. Vibrating sounds convert quicker into heat and then light and then thought. So I think this is their attempt on the law of conservation of energy, right? Which we also teach in eighth grade. That um, energy cannot be created or destroyed, only convert from one form to another. And yes, all these things mentioned are energy. And uh, I just wonder what is a vibrating sound, because sound by its definition is vibrating. So if they say vibrating sound, wouldn't that also imply a non-vibrating sound? But Well, okay, let's give them that. But um, the, So they have a sequence that the sound first transmits into heat, then into light, and then into thought. Um, heat is a form of light, if you want to say it like that, right? It's, um, it's electromagnetic radiation. Heat is infrared, and light is visible. Light has a higher frequency. Um, and it doesn't work like that. But okay, um, age. The energy of thought is from 40,000 hertz to 4 times 10 to the 14 hertz, or above 7 times 10 to the 14 hertz. In reality, wave uh, brain waves are slow, 1 to 100 hertz. This is, again, this is BS. So um, hertz is a frequency unit, not an energy unit, first of all. So that's what they're getting wrong. And then they're pretty much giving you all the range of electromagnetic waves, except this range from 4 to 7 times 10 to the 14 hertz, which is exactly the range of visible light. So the visible rainbow. So in other words, thoughts can be anything except visible light. They could be X-rays, gamma rays. That sounds like the X-Men, like very powerful superpowers, right? Um, and then um, wave brain waves are slow from 1 to 100 hertz. Again, um, slow is the wrong term here. Hertz is a frequency unit, and slow refers to speed. Those are two different concepts. So you see here how they're using scientific terms, which are used absolutely wrong, absolutely out of context. Um, but if people don't have a basic understanding, just a basic understanding of science, they can fall for this. As I say, with a middle school science, you can detect all the BS in this. Let, let's go on. There are still two more. I, the universe listens to you and it hears substantives, nouns, not adjectives. So just um, go into positive Im imagery. Um, the universe knows grammar? What if uh, grammar works differently in different languages? So don't think in, don't think in adjectives. Don't think I'm hungry, right? Think I have hunger. But then you're thinking in the negative. So think about the food, manifest the food, right? Yeah, come on. It's really hard not to burst into laughter here. Um, so then, Jay, every thought, approximately 70,000 per day. Well, maybe the number could be right. I don't know. 
has a specific frequency and a wavelength of energy. Uh, the thoughts leave the brain, travel through the ether that is all around us, and does things without form that uh, create what you are thinking. So if I want a cold beer, that beer can just pop out of nowhere because the universe makes that for me. Um, well, no, because later on, these articles also say you have to take action. So if I want that cold beer, yes, I can think about it. I can wish for it. I can manifest that cold beer. But I also have to go to the store and buy it, take action. So I think this all would work without thinking and wishing, right? You have to take action anyway. Um, all right, let's continue. The article then goes also through a list of, uh, of scientific truths, as they call them, that say, why is this important? Why does sometimes the law of attraction not work? So here tells us what people are doing, quote-unquote, wrong. When they manifest things that don't have a purpose, for example, or, as I just mentioned, there's no action, if there's no plan, if there's no date, so the universe also has an agenda, you need to put a date on it. Um, there are no challenges, there's no compassion in there, there's no support, there's no sense. Um, self-blame is a lot, so they, they, they go a lot against this negative self-talk. Um, yeah, blaming the victim is, is a big mistake, and saying that we're not perfect, so that sometimes it doesn't work, right? Um, yeah. Let's continue um, looking at this. So this phrase, law of attraction, has been used by writers, theosophists, authors, and philosophers. According to supporters of it, this means that the thoughts, emotions, beliefs, etc., that a person possesses, conscious or unconscious, cause consequences related to what is desired. This process is described as harmonious vibrations of the law of attraction. Some authors also link historical antecedents to the law of attraction in Hinduism, uh, also in Judaism, in Christianity, um, in the Matthew Gospel, in Mark Gospel. So, yeah, the, uh, I'll just skip over this. Anyway, the law states that through thought it's possible to attract what is desired. So not to create it out of nowhere, as I mentioned with the beer bottle, but to attract it. So... The bottle was there in the supermarket because I wished for it to be there, right? So um, followers who accept this law of attraction as a guide do so from the faith that the laws of the universe are benign. The universe is good for us, which is not true. The universe is actually a hostile place. Listen to the astronomy cast one. So they have even, I think, this t-shirt in their store, which says, and I think I'm going to buy this one, the universe is trying to kill you. Because most of the places in this universe are very hostile for life. So it's not a good place for us to live. We are in this bubble where we are protected here. So the universe doesn't care for us. But okay, some followers of this belief affirm that the law of attraction is a law of the universe since it applies to all beings without exception 100% of the time. And it's not something that a person can choose if it applies or not. Well, so they claim it's natural, like gravity right um it and actually they compare it to gravity a lot since you cannot decide if gravity applies or not applies to you or doesn't matter if you believe in it or not so uh we have to note here that the term law is, is used wrong in here 
So some of its proponents, uh, in the modern version, they attribute the law of attraction to quantum physics. And I also see people offer quantum therapy here. So the word quantum, if I have learned anything, is a red flag. If anyone uses quantum effects in the description of their product or whatever, run away from it. It's not real. So quantum physics, yes, it's real. It applies to subatomic particles, so something like an electron, something like quarks. And there are some effects in these microcosmos that cannot be translated, or we don't find an analogy in the macrocosmos in our lives. So, for example, there's the tunnel effect, right, where a particle can overcome a potential and uh, just appear on the other side. So kind of like if you're standing on one side of the mountain, and you want to go to the other side of the mountain, well, you either have to go over the mountaintop or you have to dig a tunnel through the mountain. And so particles can kind of just like tunnel through the mountain. They they just instantly appear on the other side. And this mountain doesn't have to be a gravitational mountain. It could be an electric potential, for example. But um, so the quantum physics is something that maybe five people in the world completely understand. Maybe. And they will still tell you they don't understand it. Humbly. So um, anyone who tells you they understand quantum physics, they don't understand quantum physics, okay? And if they say that their product or their, in this case, their practice, their belief system, uses quantum physics effect, it's BS, sorry. It's uh, not real. They are just making this up. They're using the word quantum to make it sound scientific, to try to convince people. So if you hear we're using quantum effects, walk away from it. It's my advice to you. So let's now look at uh, what actually a pseudoscience is. And I, I'll just start with this statement that I sometimes heard. If, if Oprah Winfrey is actually as dangerous as Trump or more dangerous, well, she's close because... Uh, she creates these fantasies, these wrong ideas, and she sells them a lot, right? She gets rich by this, by the way. So as Kurt Anderson explains in a 2018 article for the Slate magazine, he quote, the fantasies that she has promoted on all the platform, the daily television show with more than 12 million devoted viewers, the magazine, the website, the cable television challenge, they are not as dangerous as Donald Trump's conspiracy theories, but for three decades, Oprah has played a leading role in encouraging Americans to abandon reason and science in favor for the imaginary. So there you go. This is dangerous. There's actually harm in it. When is there harm in it? When people use wishful thinking instead of something real. You can use it on top of something real. Fine, I don't have a problem with that. But if you use it instead of a chemotherapy, if you just want to wish your cancer away, this is where it becomes really dangerous. Let's now take a look at, um, yeah, I have a table here, 11 characteristics of pseudoscience. This is an image that you can just find. I'll, I'll probably link to it in the show notes. So 11 characteristics, and let's see if this works for, for the law of attraction, right? If the law of attraction qualifies here. Number one, it's unfalsifiable. It cannot be proven wrong. It makes vague and unobservable claims. Well, yeah, that... Um, those claims are observable, right? These brainwaves that they say that are not visible light, but they turn into heat first. So we can actually, we could measure that, but um, 
yeah in i mean that the universe has a will a free will is pretty much unfalsifiable how would you test that number two it relies heavily on anecdotes personal experience and testimonials yes testimonials especially look at the website of any coach in uh, law of attraction they have testimonials there success stories number three on uh, yeah we've already talked about this it cherry picks confirming evidence while ignoring minimizing disconfirming evidence of course it's cherry picking right they pick out the science terms that they want to use that they like um which also goes into number four it uses techno babble words that sound scientific but don't make sense so i just showed you how they use energy and frequency and vibration but those words the way they use them they don't make any sense number five it lacks a plausible mechanism no way to explain it based on existing knowledge yeah and, and pretty much the claim it's just it you have to believe in it it is unchanging number six it's unchanging doesn't self-correct or progress because remember science self-corrects when there's something new some new evidence they correct the science books so this law of attraction yeah it's pretty much unchanging they have um well they have added the quantum realm to it right and um this movement is still relatively new but you can already predict that over the next decades their claims won't change they're not looking for evidence that's the reason why it's not changing number seven makes extraordinary or exaggerated claims with insufficient evidence yeah hello the universe will give you anything you wish for it cannot be more exaggerated than that right number eight at professes certainty it talks of quote-unquote proof with great confidence of course and uh, together with the anecdotes again right number nine commits logical fallacies arguments that contain errors in reasoning we have them in there for sure i haven't mentioned them right now number 10 very important indifference to science it lacks peer review it goes directly to the public avoiding scientific scrutiny of course Rhonda burns directly wrote her book and um Oprah Winfrey directly mentions this on her TV shows. There is no peer review, no thorough process of reviewing and reproducing the effects before they become official, like it is done in science. And number 11, and this is a strong one, it the claims there's a conspiracy to suppress their ideas. Maybe not so much in this one, but yeah, kind of, because um, coaches here also, they go like, this is what they don't want you to know, right? Who's they? So those are 11 um, characteristics of pseudoscience. Some of them are pretty clear in the law of attraction. Some of them not so much. So I think I'll go directly to a little bit uh, the science. So one claim that uh, coaches make is that you have to vibrate high. You have to vibrate in synteny with the universe. That because they have learned at school or wherever, or have read it somewhere that everything has a natural frequency for vibration well yes it is but um you don't vibrate automatically so an object vibrates for example if it is suspended right you can hang it like a pendulum and it will vibrate at a natural frequency that only depends on its length or you can suspend it on two ends and then make it oscillate like a guitar string and again that guitar string will vibrate at a certain frequency naturally because of its length because of its tension and uh, that that's it that's always the frequency of that guitar string 
So they're trying to translate that again to the human, but it doesn't work like that. Sure, you could hang a human or suspend him and then, then plug him like a guitar string, and I guess the human would have a natural frequency based on that, but it doesn't work like that. So this idea to vibrate at the right frequency, I, I know they probably refer to the brain waves, but again, your thoughts are your thoughts. You, you don't consciously control a certain frequency. And positive thoughts, positivity is not connected to a higher frequency. And then again, the universe vibrates naturally again. Yes, the universe has a size, so it would vibrate if, well, a wave could travel through it, right? A wave is a disturbance that carries energy through a medium. So think of the medium being water, you throw a stone in there, and from that point, uh, the the wave will get carried through the water. So the water is a medium, and the wave carries energy, right? Kinetic energy in form of a vibration. And that vibration, of course, has a certain frequency. Frequency tells us how many waves per second. So waves like that are traveling through the universe, too. We have electromagnetic waves, right? All the light of the stars and uh, all the radiation... We have uh, gravitational waves that were confirmed just a few years ago, which, by the way, are very tiny. They were almost impossible to detect for us, but we made it with science. So, uh, yes, they are using these terms out of context. We've seen this before, right? So, um, before I close the segment, um, just a few more thoughts. Why is this so popular with Hollywood elite. So um, Hollywood picks up pretty much any pseudoscience, right? Um, those people are rich. They can pretty much afford anything they want. So they just pursue fantasies. If they lose some money in the process, it really doesn't matter to them. Um, they can also build each other up, as you see with uh, Rhonda Byrne and Oprah Winfrey. So she invites her on the show. They they build each other up, right? But uh, there's always somebody rich involved in here. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of quackery in Hollywood. And for some reason, um, this is what I still don't get. The public follows people like actors for health advice. Look at Gwyneth Paltrow and, uh, and Goop. For some reason, people follow that kind of advice. And I don't get it. And then the other thing is, I want to question a little bit, like, uh, why would you go with a coach? Right. Um, I've looked it up. Uh, I, I looked a little on the internet, and I found courses. You can become a coach in this, in the law of attraction, for an investment of about a hundred dollars, U.S. dollars, and with approximately twelve hours of coursework. And in the end, you get a diploma that you're a certified coach in this. Um, that's nothing. So, why would you trust somebody with your health? or with uh, yeah, mental health, with with your wealth, with anything, who just invested 12 hours and $100 of time, you could just do that yourself. So instead of paying the money to the coach, why don't you yourself become a coach? And there you go, right? Think about it uh, if this were a doctor and you would go with a big health problem. Right now with COVID, would would you want a doctor who has studied medicine for 12 hours 
and who paid $100 to get a certificate? Or would you like somebody who ran through all the system, who actually studied for six years, who had to write a thesis? You do the math for yourself, right? So this is worrying me. There is actual harm in it because people use this to substitute real treatments, to substitute real action. Um, so this is wishful thinking. There's a lot of anecdotes in there. People tend to remember the hits and forget the misses. So when they were wishing for something that came true, that's a hit. And then when they wish for something and it didn't come true, that's a miss. There are many more misses than hits, but people only remember the hits. Kind of like with horoscopes and with psychics, we've talked about it on the show. I've been rambling on now for half an hour just about the law of attraction. I think we should call it a day here. Let's just close the show with our critical thinking game, Find the Fake. First of all, sorry to all of those who are thinking as the law of attraction as an option for them or who actually believe in it, but it is what it is. Um, okay, let's uh, go. There are three science items, news items. I read you the headlines, and one of them has been turned into fake by me. And you're invited to guess which one is the fake. Item number one, a major Atlantic ocean current system might be approaching critical threshold that could potentially throw Europe into an ice age. Item number two, the Babylonians were using Pythagoras' theorem over a thousand years before he was born. And item number three, scientists at CERN have created the first man-made microscopic black hole. You can pause the show here, because we're now going to reveal this. Item number one, so has this Atlantic Ocean current uh, reached a critical threshold that could potentially throw Europe in an ice age? Yes. I found this on Science Daily. The article is from August 5th from the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research, PIK. The article is from August 5th, and it says a major Atlantic Ocean current, the Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation, or AMOC, may have been losing stability in the course of the last century, according to new research. A potential collapse of this ocean current system could have severe consequences. And um, this is the ocean current that actually brings a more balmy, mild weather to Europe. So if you look at Europe, for example, Germany, it's at the same altitude as, as uh, Canada, southern Canada, but it's a lot milder there. It's because this ocean current brings warm water to Europe and makes the climate milder there. And uh, so if this shuts down or yeah gets severely affected, then Europe could become a lot colder which could have, of course, severe consequences. And uh, by the way, is this linked to global warming? Yes, it is. But global warming says we're getting warmer and this would be getting colder. Yes, that's possible. So remember, it's called global warming. We're looking at the global climate here. And this is just a local point. So locally, of course, it can get colder and it could still become warmer globally. But global warming makes this prediction or climate change that we will get more severe weather. So this is alarming. I have to keep observing that, of course. Let's go on to item number two. The Babylonians were using Pythagoras' theorem over 1,000 years before he was born. And this one is also true. That's the heading. Uh, on sciencefocus.com, 
written on August 4th by, I have to invite her to the show, Sarah Rigby. Once again, she writes all these articles that I'm using. So an ancient clay tablet shows that the Babylonians used Pythagorean triples to measure accurate right angles for surveying land. How about that? A thousand years before. And, and this is the beauty of science and math. It, it's universally true, right? So um, it doesn't care for wishful thinking. Um, we could burn all these science books right now and start rediscovering things, and we would rediscover the same laws again. And that's not true for something like the law of attraction, by the way. Which all means, item number three, scientists at CERN have created the first man-made microscopic black hole. This one is the fake. I found this on sciencenews.org. While somebody apparently is shooting staples here, I don't know if you can hear that. Or sounds like something. Um, so on Science News, written by... Emily Conover on August 9th, and uh, the real heading is Colliding photons were spotted making matter. But are these photons real? In a demonstration of Einstein's equals mc square, collisions of light yielded electrons and positrons. So what they have found is this proof that um, with collisions of light, you can get matter and antimatter particles. So energy, light is energy, with mc square can be turned into matter. You need huge amounts of energy to create small amount of matter, or small amounts of matter to create huge amounts of energy, right? That The other way around is the nuclear bomb, of course, where small amounts of matter can turn into huge amounts of energy. So this is the other side, which is much more difficult. You need huge amounts of energy. You need photons to move at the speed of light and collide in order to get tiny amounts of matter. But this looks like a nice proof of concept. So... Uh, of course, this is a prediction of Einstein, which will be coming true. Science again. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, this is all for the show today. I hope those of you who like this wishful thinking don't get too offended. Um, I'm, my opinion is quite strongly to this because I obviously think there is harm in it. Uh, I like to have a relation more with reality. Well, I still hope you enjoyed this episode. So as a little piece offer here, I'll, uh, I forgot to mention in the main segment, I'm going to add this here at the end, that uh, not everything is bad, of course. So they emphasize a lot the practice of gratitude. I think practicing gratitude is a really good practice. So we should do that. Um, if you believe in a God, practice gratitude with a God. Or you can be grateful even if you don't believe in superstition so that's not the point and also the importance of taking action so i mocked this a little bit with the getting the cold beer um, of course taking action is important but all this um, magic fairy dust on top of it uh, we can just take that off right the wishful thinking to just take action and and then vision boards i didn't mention the vision boards really much anymore like visualizing um your success um could be a good practice, sure, psychologically. So not everything in here is bad. So what is bad for me, what is doing harm, are the extraordinary claims that are made that can easily fool people, trick them out of their money, give them false hope, because um, you're pretty much putting blame on the people where it doesn't work, right? You're pretty much telling those people, if you didn't get what you wanted, uh, it's because you didn't wish for it. So 
tell that a kid in Africa that's starving to death. So tell tell the kid you don't have food because you're not wishing for food. Um, that's where I think this uh, thinking is really dangerous. Or somebody that just lost a family member to COVID. Well, have you wished for your family member not to die? Have you done it at the right frequency? This is where it becomes dangerous. Okay, so that's why I'm criticizing the law of attraction so harshly. And I'm, I'm sorry, don't get anyone offended, please. It just is what it is. Dear Rabbits, this is all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking your time and listening. If you like the show and you want to support me, there are easy and painless ways which are for free. Rate and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcatching platform. Share it with your friends on social media. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. You can find all the links in the show notes. Every little bit helps. If you want to be on the show or know somebody that you'd like to be a guest, please drop me a note on social media. Stay safe and stay curious. Until next Thursday, I am Marco and this has been Where Did the Rabbit Go?